Your life is lived every day, and what happens between Sundays matters. Join Nate and Kate as they take oftentimes big ideas and make them practical for everyday life. This is the Between Sundays podcast with Nate and Kate Thompson. You said something a few minutes ago, which is funny because you were talking about writing music, like, and how it had to, if you could fit it in a certain type of box, it would be more successful. Like if Mm -hmm. the song was shorter, it followed a certain routine. And you said something about playing so many bars, but it made me think about how you guys played at bars, like bars where people drink and like do like karaoke or whatever. And you guys would be able to play a rock show, which I think is cool. Like something about sticking with the rock um, genre is like, you guys could play at places that a worship team can't go in and play at. And you could see people and talk to people and share God with people that maybe wouldn't be exposed to it any time in their life. True. Because there were things that wouldn't translate if we just did simple, sim- simply worship music if, right. as far as a church setting. And I remember one of the ones that was probably the most impactful was, to my life was we played at a maximum security prison. And when we got booked in there, we were the first rock band that they've ever booked because they would bring in like kind Where of... Where was it? What state? It was in Arkansas. Okay. And um, it was... Well, so they booked us and I talked to one of the prisoners afterwards and he was like, you guys were up against movie night. He's like, that's why only like 300 <laughs> prisoners came because it was like movie night and it was like it said Christian rock band and nobody believed it. Like they were like, it's going to be some old man with an acoustic guitar and his wife singing hymns is what they all thought it was. And when we came in there, it was just wild. Like it was the, it was, we had, you know, guards on the towers with their guns and we're walking in and they search all our equipment and they had some of the prisoners help us here and there with different things. And, but by the end of it, when they all came in the room, they all filed in and they're in like these white jumpsuits. And it's just like this little hall of angels just sitting there when we just let it rip and they were fired up. It was like at that moment, I honestly, babe, I wish we knew we played like Johnny Cash and like just all these like, cause why it would start playing these like riffs from like Zeppelin or um, just different. Let's just like um, just rock. Right. And oh my gosh. They were just like, you know, like we'd play, like he'd start with some stuff from like Ozzy. Like we would just have like these riffs just front in our brains from us being rock musicians. And, the, and then we just went into our own stuff. But then by the end, we shared the gospel. I, mean, I, remember, I remember counting. It was like 31 dudes. I have it written down somewhere. 31 guys came to know Christ that day. That's so and wild. We were there. We were the ones that, you know, we brought the gospel there. I remember after that show, I don't have a ton of memories. Well, I do have a lot of memories on from when you were on the road. They're like little snippets in my mind. But I remember you talking about how there was a guy that they let um, carry your drums out with you to help you carry your drums out when you were leaving. And he looked up and saw the moon and stars. And he said it's the first time he saw the night sky in so many years. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, that was wild. That's it's shook. I'll shake you. You know, it reminds you that there, there, the need to to share the gospel in the ways that you can create to share them is so important. Right. And I think like that is where like these opportunities and these moments of life, whether it is your startup company and you're the believer you have an opportunity to create space to share the gospel and then you go for it and then you might not see it as much until like right now for us you know we ended the band in 2009 i think 2009 we played our last festival at big ticket festival in gaylord okay 
And then, um, then we went 10 years without playing together again. Like we just had this funny like reunion show, which was just so funny. Um, so I want to ask you one more thing before yeah. we move on. But so I want to ask you about some of your other favorite or like more memorable places that you guys played at. Cause how long did you travel for? We were, I think a couple of years when we were really all in. I think traveling. so too. That sounds about right. A couple of years. So I know you guys went to some cool places. So I want you to think of like your favorite, but I also want to say that there were a lot of times you guys would travel somewhere and there would, there, there would be like a lot of great potential or promises of like, there's going to be so many kids. This is going to be a big um, mm -hmm. festival or a big event. And you get there and there's like for all of you guys, there's one Little Caesars hot and ready pizza. Yeah. And there's like five kids. Yeah, and it's and no longer it's awkward. Hot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's no longer hot. And it's just awkward. There's one kid trying to start a mosh pit by himself. And oh my gosh, yes. So you still put on a show for those people like you normally would. You yeah. brought your whole PA. Yeah. We you got it. your bass, your two electric guitars, all of your drum kit. You, you're doing it. You've got mm -hmm. a merch table set up. So it's like, there were some really good things, like the maximum security prison, but there's also like those awkward, there was, strange times. Yeah. And it was, um, I I will give full credit to the, all the guys. I feel like there was something in us that it was for the Lord. And there was something in us that it was like, I remember one time we booked this like opening, grand opening of some motorcycle shop. It was like along the way. So we we're like, yeah, they paid us like a couple hundred bucks and we we're going to be this rock band while they, nobody was, it was, a, it was like 110 degrees somewhere down <laughs> South in a concrete parking lot. Your drums are just melting. Just everything is just <laughs> roasting. And I was so mad. Like I was just so mad that we were there. This was a waste of our time, our resources, everything. This is a waste. And all of the guys I think, and it was funny because we just, we just had dinner together with everybody the other day and we talked about something about this and they were all mad too. And, um, and I remember just saying, we're, we're doing this. We're This is a practice then. Cause we set everything up. So we're going to have the best practice that we've had in a long time. And we just let it rip for the two guys cooking hot dogs in the shade. And so, and from my perspective, like hearing that being at home, I'm just like, why in the world are you halfway across the country to do this. Right. Like, I'm just thinking like, is this just irresponsible? Because, you know, well, we're, we're back home while you're playing for nobody. Yeah. And that's why nobody hears those stories. Right. I don't, we never told anybody the stories about getting to a show that said it was going to be, you know, all these big worship bands are going to open and then they cancel because it's running late. And half the crowd is gone by the time they, they figured out the problem with the PA and we're the ones sitting there who traveled. So we're like, yeah, we'll still play. We'll still mm -hmm. do it. And, um, but then it was like, there's these stories. Like you, you would hear about a guy who was recently divorced and he would come up to us and say, you're this song helped me through the darkest time of my life. And I'm sitting there like, okay. Like it was like these little, things. I remember being in Pennsylvania and we had nothing to eat. Like literally like, what are we going to eat? And Andy and I walked past the dollar store and I'm like, well, we'll just get some cans of tuna and eat it before the show. Like, let's just eat. We'll save the money and just eat tuna. These guys were a lot skinnier while yeah, they were, we were traveling. Yeah, we were like, they all came back 10 pounds we lighter. And then, um, but in that same exact day, we go into the 
family Christian bookstore to kill 10 minutes. And we ran into this dude named Sandy. I remember the guy. And he took us out to dinner after the show to the best steakhouse in town, Haas's Steakhouse, I think it was called. And it was like those different things. And they have to, we would meet these people and you would build this like, it was a different way of like speaking into people's lives, but you couldn't really, you can't like see it at the time. It's like getting one M&M at a time until you realize you have the whole five pound bag of M&Ms at the end of it, you know? But so it's just hard. So now to look back, there's just so much joy in a way because it's like you see the whole of it. Right. Where at the time it was like, I can't see this right now and it's hard. And that's why I was so grateful where me and you were always on the same page. And I never felt like you were dogging me to your friends or to your family. Because I remember people, friends, family, telling us we were dumb that we even started it. And then those same people said we were dumb when we finished it. So it was like you couldn't win with them anyway. So knowing that you were in on it with me for the highs and the lows was like, dude, that changed everything. Thanks for being here with Between Sundays. Don't forget to rate the podcast and share your feedback here or online at myhopefm.net. So did you think of any of your other favorite shows besides The Prison? Oh, man. Um, The Parking Lot, it was a a favorite in a way because it was just such, it was just a disaster. It was just ridiculous. It turned into a good memory. Turned into a good memory. Um, I would say Big Ticket Festival in Gaylord. There was... It was like 20,000 people go to this festival and we didn't even know it existed. And then we showed up and so many times we would somehow miraculously get like a band pass that we weren't supposed to have. And it was a total accident. We weren't cheating the system, but they would just give us like the one for like the main stage. So we were hanging out with all the real bands and just so many funny memories. Mark getting kicked out of the food tent because they realized he wasn't supposed to be in there. He had a cowboy hat on because we just got back from Texas and he thought he was a Texan at that point. <laughs> and um, we were in uh, New Hampshire, I think. There's just another huge festival and we got booked on one of the really good stages. So you just had this like so much access to the event and it was so fun. And just meeting the other bands and realizing they have the same struggles that we're in and they're at the next step so then you like gleaning from each other and like learning those different things and then you can also see some of the burnout happening like in the bands that were ahead of you i remember you sometimes just saying like yeah we saw guys from this band and we thought oh that's a really successful band at the next stage that you guys were trying to get to not stage physical stage but the next level and then you'd see them and you'd be like, yeah, they look, they they're just look rough. sad. Yeah. They're like, they're I mean, not, their heart's not in it. Yeah. I, I can, I think of a band right now where it was like the, they were just in shambles they were still going, but like with the, and I don't want to dog them, but just the, the idea when, when we came across them, it was like, just like stretched, you know, and that's hard to see. And we see that in all sorts of ministries and other areas of life where you just get so stretched. And I think that you need to like recalibrate at those points. You need somebody who can like, you can bounce ideas off of. And when we, when we ended the band, it was just kind of like the four of us, we just ended it. That seems like it would have, was that a happy moment or a sad moment? Or what was that like without being too like? It was sad. It was sad in the way of like, we all knew it was there. It just, nobody would address it until we just, it was one of those things where it's like a, the 
that trust and truth ratio of like the truth underneath of how much we trusted each other had eroded. Like the truth was we can't do this anymore. Like we have guys have their families are expanding and it can't happen anymore. And situations have changed, but the trust between the four of us was so strong. We just would lean on that and never check the truth. So that morning, you know, you pop the trust off and look at the truth. And it was like, there's nothing here anymore. We got to, we got to call it. So we just ended it. And like a 20, 25 minute conversation, it just came to a close. And then that was uh, spiritually traumatizing to me because I, I was like, I never had my full identity wrapped up in the band. It was more, I'm a musician. I know that and all of that. But I remember like, <laughs> I remember putting my drums away, like putting them in their cases and putting them in the garage. Like, I don't, I don't have no use for these now. I started remodeling our house a little bit to stay occupied. And then I just switched gears and started, I went back to school. Right. I went to college. I didn't go back to college. That was the first time I went to college pretty much. Yeah, I I was actually, I think I was kind of relieved because like you said, the truth underneath that you could feel, I don't think I would have been able to put it into words at the time, but it just felt like maybe it was time. Mm -hmm. And so it seemed like natural to me. But when we say that some of like some of the families were having a hard time, like they they had serious, they had kids and they had responsibilities, and it was a big reality check of of what what's most important. And you know, we say we're called to do this, and we don't want to not do what God is calling us to do. So He wouldn't ask us to like not do our calling, right? And but at the same time, it's like, well, He's giving you a family to care for. So how did you how did you like? rationalize that idea of like what God had called you to do versus being there to take care of your family and doing what people would think is responsible, responsible. That was my biggest takeaway was the learning that I feel like the Holy Spirit led me through with that, where for so many years, it was this concept in my head that God called me to do this. Like he called me to be in the band or like however you wanted to word it privately in your own brain while you're trying to go to sleep. But the reality that I learned when I looked over it with the Lord was he called all of us to share the gospel. And the vehicle we chose to do it was the band. Like, so, and I think that's where people put the weight on the wrong end of the stick. You know, you put the weight on the band that that's my ministry and that's my, that's my thing to the Lord, where it's like, no, your offering to the Lord is you and the gospel is to be shared through you. The outlets are the vehicles that you determine are there are your decisions you're your choice and i think like i put the initial concept like well god failed it i guess because he wanted us to do it so he ended it so it's like people viewed it as a failure or however they wanted to take it along with me but then as i kind of dissected it more with the lord it was like no i chose this way and these are the things i was able to accomplish by doing it and that that relieved my heart from a lot of guilt or a lot of like unnecessary shame or embarrassment or all these different things that came along with something ending where it was like the the ministry was to share the gospel right the The free will and the the fact that you have choices in it makes it way less like you have to choose between this one thing that in reality you wanted to do yeah that's what you chose chose to do do. you didn't have to choose between ministry and your family Mm -hmm. like there there's definitely other choices that you can make to share the gospel and to minister. And I totally think that everything that Nail Point accomplished and every person that was ministered to, I think that that was really valuable and really important. But 
um, I don't know, like it just seemed okay that it ended also. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was to look back and especially where it was like, I don't know if I was at, at that point in life where I was coming up on 28 for me, there was like this, there's also the realization of certain things where it's like, are you, what are you willing to keep pushing in the way of like the, um, the stress of, for me of, it was like owning our own business. I mean, we made it a corporation and we had like, you owned, our, our, you had assets, you owned our, equipment yeah, and a vehicle and, and all that. And it was like, and then when you see like, all right, we made it to this ledge on the mountain and there's a whole big mountain that you can't see the top to. And then especially even talking to bands who were ahead of us, even to the point of like our producer who worked with Michael W. Smith and all of these bands, like big bands. And he did a lot of stuff like in that, in that area and that, and to just hear his stories of like, the struggles are not going away. You're just waiting for the next one, you know? Yeah. And you had no idea how the music industry was about to change with oh 99 cent songs yeah. and all of that. And even just learning how it worked. Like I, I remember thinking we would just give our songs to a radio and they would play it. And then learning, no, you have to pay almost $2,000 for this radio promoter and she will take it to these handful of people who if they start playing it, everybody will play it. So one more thing I wanted to say about like what we learned from the experiences, definitely learning about the calling versus what you were choosing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but now it, that it's been so many years in hindsight, it's like we can look and back, we can look back and we can see all of the valuable moments that happened and the friendship that was formed between you and the other guys that were in the band is pretty, that's pretty unique and special. It's super special. I think even getting together with them the other night to have dinner for the first time in forever had all of us come together again. We laughed so hard and like had such a, there's such a, like a, the bond there from that time is, I don't, it's just so real. So much joy there. And then to be able to have the Lord was a part of it makes it real, makes it everlasting to me. Like it's just fun. It was so funny to hear the different versions of all of the stories because with five guys on the road, you guys all had the same memory and a little bit different version of it. Yeah. Like when the firework, fireworks would go off or <laughs> the person that wrote the love letter <laughs> or <laughs> like there's just so many different memories. Many. The the, the yeah. house you stayed at where they did magic tricks for you and it was just yeah. awkward and funny, but it's just, I've heard the lady. stories from you, but then to think about how you guys all have a different version of the same memory and it's it was such an impactful time in your life that I feel like it just burned into your memories. Yeah. And then I even, I have memories like we would go to the county jail here in town and play at like seven in the morning. It's like to look back on that, I was like, this is stupid. But then the craziest part was just Andy just talking the other day about running into one of the kids who was in the jail locked up and we came in and played and he remembered we were there years later. That's wild. Dude, wild. So even though it was it was hard, it was a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. When it ended, it was bittersweet. When you look back on the experience, how would you describe it? It's all sweet. It is. Like, I love those guys. I love that they were just as nuts to try it. They were all in. And then, um, and we were all in just together. There was like, you could, you could count on them, you know, in that way. 
And to have people around you that are just willing to just support you in a way that no one else does is something very special. And I think like that is like just super fun to me. And then again, like having the gospel a part of it, having Jesus a part of it, because almost every memory is is like flavored with the Lord for me. It's weird, but it's so so that was it was just great. That's awesome. So I say start a band, guys. That's your job this week, man. <laughs> Get a band together and go after it. Maybe branch out from Christian rock. Might have better, better odds. Better chances. A little bit wider audience. Uh, well, our purpose, of course, here at Between Sundays is to encourage people to be present and intentional with their faith every single day. And today we just uh, want to encourage you, if you are feeling like you want to take a risk and step out with the Lord, um, know that you have a choice in it. Know that this that it's not your identity doesn't have to be wrapped up in calling or in what you feel like you're called to do. Don't be afraid to reevaluate it. Mm-hmm. If you're in the middle of something, you know, know that what you're doing will be worthwhile, and one day you'll be able to look back on it and see all of the good things that God has done. Absolutely. Even if it takes fifteen it takes years, twenty years, you'll get there. <laughs> um, Guys, enjoy the day, and remember that your life is lived every day, and what happens between Sundays matters, all right? So go after it. Rock on. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Between Sundays podcast. If you have questions or want to connect further, visit the podcast page at myhopefm.net. And remember, your life is lived every day, and what happens between Sundays matters.